What is up, hoopers, analytics, bad guys, bucket getters, boosters, blue bloods, and new bloods? On today's podcast, we sit down with Claude Nemhard and Ray Bolton, two coaches in the Virginia and Ontario areas, also fathers of Andrew Nemhard and Rajir Bolton. They sit down, talk to us about what it's like to raise kids in this D1 Hooper world, what it's like to go to Gonzaga, have their kids become stars there, as well as deal with the hassles of uh, all the noise in the background. Let's get into it. So on today's podcast, we have a special interview lined up for you guys, uh, speaking to two uh, great basketball minds. We interview uh, Coach Ray Bolton and Claude Nemhard, the fathers of two uh, really fantastic guards uh, at Gonzaga, having a very important conversation um, with them about what it means to not only be basketball players and basketball fathers and basketball coaches, uh, but also to be program leaders, uh, to be developers of not only great players, but also great people, and uh, what it means for these uh, their kids to give back to the community and to play at the highest level. Um, and it's a really important interview. You won't want to miss it. So uh, I guess we should start off with a, a question for, for both of you guys. Um, can you recall a moment early on uh, where your kids showed, you know, their gifts that translated to a major D1 Hooper or a future pro? Like, is there a specific moment where you're like, okay, this, this, is, this is something special? Um, I'll let you go first, Ray. Um, special? I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to gauge. It's being, being a basketball coach, I'd probably say, the, the the thing that stands out, he was probably shucks, maybe six, five, six, something like that. Uh, his older brothers were coaching AAU team, high school coach at the time. You know, he was just at the other end, and one of the parents would just kind of entertain him and rebound for him a little bit and mess around and you know, kind of whatever. And he, he was kind of like, you know, dad, I can I can shoot the three. I can, you know, I can shoot the ball. You know, I'm like, yeah, right, you know, whatever. Should be kind of shooting that far. So, you know, and the parent was like, no, nah, he can, you know, he, he looked pretty good, decent for him. So after practice one day, you know, just like, all right, man, here you go. Made a couple in a row. was like, huh, you know, pretty good for him. And then, you know, that that kind of made me take notice. And he just, he was a sponge. You know, he was fortunate to, to be around some really, really good basketball players and, you know, it's certain traits. He paid attention. He figured out how to work hard and he didn't care about the noise. And I thought that, that he would have a chance, you know, I, you know, as far as special, I, you know, I, you know, he, you know, you get what you get, you know, from the process. Um, but, you know, I thought he had some attributes um, that, you know, at a young age, you know, you hope he, he didn't get as big as Andrew, but, you know, you hope he grows because he was always a little kid. He was the smallest kid. And, you know, so he wasn't, you know, he was kind of, all right, kick and play, but he's a little kid, you know. And, you know, he just figured he had the skill, he had the work ethic, and got blessed a little bit. Lord gave him, stretched him out, and, you know, got a little speed from somewhere and, you know, can jump a little bit. And, 
you know, you get lucky. But, you know, I mean, I, he learned that I saw at a young age that he, he he would work. He would work hard and, you know, he would sacrifice for it. Um, and, you know, he, he doesn't had never really had too many bad habits. So, um, you know, that's probably the best I could give. Uh, it, it's very similar to my response in the sense that um, from a very young age, um, Andrew played up for most of his um, earlier ages. So in our team, we did very well. We had a lot of success, and he was a big part of that success. And then um, we had a thing in, in Toronto called the Junior Academy, which kind of basically was the top 20 kids in grade 7 and grade 8. And he was a, a part of that program. And in that program was a lot of the kids you see, like Shea, um, well, she wasn't in that, to be honest with you. RJ, um, Ignis Brzezikas, uh, Marcus Carr, um, a lot of Simi Shitsu was in that group, and Andrew held his own in that group. So I think that was probably the first time I said, you know what, these are the best kids in Ontario. Ontario is probably the, the hotbed of basketball in, in this country at that young age. He's going to be all right. So, you know, and he was, like, like Ray said, Andrew was kind of small back then. You know, and he was competing with those guys. And he kind of had a bit of a growth spurt in grade nine. So, you know, it was around that age, grade seven, grade eight, that he kind of knew something was there. And, and like Ray said, you know, the beauty of me and Ray were both coaches. So, you know, that's the thing about coaches' sons. So, you know, and as, as Andrew played younger, he, he had to be better than those other kids or work hard than those other kids because if you don't, you're going to hear from parents. So I always told him, I don't want to hear parents say anything on the sidelines about what you're not doing. So, he had to kind of work as hard, if not harder than those other kids. So, so his dad wouldn't hear anything. It is what it is. Coach's sons kind of have a bit of an advantage, to be honest. And um, Ray, like myself, were kind of about it. What's uh, what's something about the recruiting process that maybe the average college basketball fan doesn't really understand that you all had to go through? Like, um... I mean, I, I, I think I'll go first this time, Ray. I mean, I mean, having a situation where we kind of had to rejig stuff and move, make a move to Gonzaga. And I have a younger son also that kind of went through it. Um, you got to cut the noise out. I think Ray made that point earlier. You got to cut the noise out and find the right fit. And, you know, I get asked a lot in Ontario about that stuff. And parents kind of hear what they want to hear. And um, being through this a while, the fit is the most important thing. You know, um, you may not get immediate gratification, but if you're with people that have been, been where you want to get to and, and that fit is so important. And you got to do your research as a parent. And a lot of us don't do that research. And then we blame other people afterwards. So, you know, there's noise. And you got to kind of cut that noise out and really do your research and find out what people do and what their character is. And, you know, that's that's probably the biggest thing I would say about that. What's like when you go into the recruiting process and like one, you're a coach, so you really know basketball, but then you're also a parent and you want to be like the most supportive of your kid that you possibly can. And sometimes maybe you look at your child with some sort of like rose colored glasses. Like how do you balance being critical, finding the right fit and then also being extremely supportive of your son and picking the right program where they're going to thrive? You know, I, I'll, I'll jump at that one, Claude. I mean, you know, for us, we, you know, we have a unique story, and I think it it kind of it kind of speaks to that. Is you know, you got to know what the truth is, um, and I think you know, being a coach, you know, I, I'm I'm one that is, I'm I'm a brutally honest person, you know, to a fault, especially about basketball, um, and you just got to know what the truth is. Again, like 
like Claude and Ontario, like we've been around, you know, groomed a lot of good ball players, you know, the 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 the, the Frank Masons and the Tyrese Rices and the and 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 different guys who who if you watch different journeys, uh you, you understand that that if you know what the truth is and you stay true to it, the truth will find you. Um and and a lot of times people try to search so hard that they, they'll take any, you know, they'll take any version or any recreation of the truth. And I, and I think that, that our story, you know, kind of, you know, I could easily say now I always knew my son was a Gonzaga level kid, but that that's the truth. You know, you put him in a situation, it, it not, he's not any different, <laughs> you know, but and it, that's the right fit, you know, say, you know, and, and you, if you know what the truth is, that's the recruiting process. And, and, you know, and, and to be sold different things that people want, Hey, you want to, the ball's going to be in your hand. You score all the points. You A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. Play with play with these guys, but do do they fit? Do the personalities fit? Do the backgrounds fit? Do the coaches fit? Like you know, you 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 see all of these things on the back end, and like Claude said, so you just got to really cut through the noise, and you got to have your own eyes, you got to have your own ears, um, and you got to really know what the truth is, and you got to search for that over and over, and and know what the truth is for your kid. Um, and I think if you do that, then, then the truth fits well. Kind of to piggyback off of that um, response, <clears throat> Mark Few in the past has been kind of like described as a, a guy who he's kind of no nonsense. He's going to tell you the truth up front. He's not going to he's not going to butter your toast in the recruiting process. He's going to tell you this is how our system works and this is how we see your player, your son fitting into our system. Would you say that that was the case with Regier? Like, did he, when he came through that recruiting process, did did Mark say, "Hey, you know, this is the exact type of role we see you fitting in in our in our system"? Hundred percent. I mean, it was it was. I mean, it was very very clear, straightforward. It was it was you know kind of you know I would respectfully it was, it was amusing kind of like the speculation kind of going into the season, it was, it was always known. It was, he's been very direct. Um, you know, he went through film. It was, I mean, it, it was, you know, could, could simplified as kind of saw certain games in common, saw kind of certain attributes that were leaving for guys and like it fit. And it was really like, and again, like people won't, it was that simple of a basketball conversation, you know, I had basketball mm-hmm. questions, I got basketball answers. You know, it, it felt like it was the truth and nothing has been different at all. Straight shoot, straight shooter. So as as two fathers of kids that have played for multiple college programs, I guess I'm curious what the difference with Gonzaga was that reassured you that this was the right call. I'll take that one. I think, and this is the hardest part to the questions you guys are asking us right now. We don't know because we don't know these people, right? So that is the biggest thing when you go through this whole process. Anyone will say anything they want to say to you, um, but we don't know these people. When I say don't know them, we don't really know them. But the advantage that we had, that I had, was that, you know, every Canadian that's gone to the NCAA seems like they went to Gonzaga. And by the second time, Andrew had played with a lot of these guys. So Kevin Pangos lives about 45 minutes from my house. But by the time he was, this second time, he had played with Kevin on the senior team. Um, he had played with Kyle. He had played with um, Kelly. Um, I know Jay Triano very well. So he had, Andrew had a chance to speak to Coach Triano. Um, you know, so 
the second time around, I think I can speak for Ray. We dug our we dug our dug our feet in this. You know, we had to get our hands dirty. You know, so that's the difference, and that's the real of this. You know, you know, people make mistakes on both sides. Kids going to schools, coaches make mistakes, but the reality is, you really have to get to know people and get to know their experience, and that's hard. It's not easy to do, um, but for us. Um, with Gonzaga, we really knew what we were going into, and it's been great. Coach Few, you know, I, I could speak for days about that guy. He's just real, and I think that's what Ray and I just needed. We didn't want any nonsense. We just wanted real. And Coach Ray and Coach Few has been has been has been that for us. You know, as was Coach Tom. I wanted to ask, um, just because this is always something that I think is is kind of, you know, the fun the fun stuff about basketball is like, what um players did. Did y'all sons idolize growing up? Did they model their game off of anybody? You know, did they have like somebody that they said, that's, that's who I want to, I want to be like. Um, and if so, who, who is that player? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Raw, uh, Ra really wasn't a big, you know, basketball like fan kid coming up, you know, Dame Lillard, James Harden, were kind of his guys, um, but he wasn't, he wasn't really like, a, he didn't watch it and love it. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of more probably me than him. Um, you know, but he had his few guys. Harden would work out, you know, out here a little bit with Kevin Durant and, and uh, when Oklahoma City with, um, you know, a couple of guys, uh, Maynard uh, from VCU. So he had a chance to be around some of those guys at a young age. Um, but, you know, other than, that he really wasn't a fanboy, you know. Lillard and, and Harden are his dudes, but you know, he he. <laughs> I, I'd be interested to hear what he would say, honestly. Andrew Andrew gets that question asked all the time, and um, he would never say it's one guy. He likes people's, people's games here and there, but his two, I think, if I were to ask Andrew, would be Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Those are his two guys. Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, definitely. Hey, we love Damian Lillard and Chris Paul, so that 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 yeah, that's awesome. We're we're all Blazers fans here. So. <laughs> Ra's a big Dame guy. That's a good that's a good choice. So, <clears throat> Claude, over the years, you've gotten a chance to to coach and be around a lot of. You've mentioned some some great players in the Toronto area, guys like R.J. Barrett, Andrew Wiggins, Marcus Carr, obviously both you know Ryan and Andrew. Um, what was it like to watch this this growth, this like explosion of talent in the greater Toronto area over the last like 15, 20 years? No, it's very exciting. Um, so you just mentioned three names there. So Andrew, high school he went to before he went to uh, Mount Verde was Vaughn Secondary. And that was the same school that Andrew Wiggins had went to. Um, Marcus Carr had played for my rep program, which was the Vaughn Panthers. He played with Andrew. And um, R.J. Barrett, um, we played club ball in grades eight and nine together. And he played a high year with me at, at AAU stuff. So, um, yeah, those are, those are great names you mentioned. And the growth of basketball in this country is just skyrocketing. And it worked in the small stages of it because it's been a lot in Ontario, but it's moving to the rest of the provinces, um, which is where our states, for you guys, most American audience here. But... You know, so the growth here has been great so far, but it's it's going to be a lot greater going forward because it's going to move to the other provinces, states, um, and hopefully we can medal at some Olympics. That's the goal. Um, I don't know if you all followed this much or or what 
you know, you're, if you're tapped into to to what was going on with the name, image, and likeness, I'm sure it was on on your radar just having kids and programs. But did you follow any of that development? How do you think that? Do you think that has a good or a bad impact on on college sports in the future? I'll take it. Probably we're in, in probably in different positions just because of kind of the the the, the rules piece of it. Um, but I, I think that is, it's, it's about time. I mean, it, 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 I think what it, what it needs to do, I think the, the reality education needs to be put into how to empower families, how to, to, to use it, how to monetize it, what, what it really is, what it really means, because at the end of the day, you know, vultures will come in and, and take advantage, but the simplicity of it is, is that there's so much being generated off of our kids. I mean, like it is, it is crazy. It is. And, 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 you know, from being in a basketball background, like there's a lot that goes on, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes on, you know, there's a lot of money that, that moves. There's a lot of things that move and, and why shouldn't it's business. I mean, we're, these, these are college level students. We teach them business. What's the difference in an internship? What's the difference I mean, we're teaching how to be professionals. You know, it's a professional practice that that everyone else is entitled to, but the guys that generate the revenue. I mean, it. You know, so so from my standpoint, I think it's it's awesome. I think it'll 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 be you know it levels some playing fields. It gives some some people advantages, but I think that at the end of the day, if 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 you, if any body feels that someone else has an advantage, then they just care more about their kids. In my opinion, empower your kids. It's not about anybody. Empower families and to make what they can of it, to understand of it, and it's it's, it's been pretty cool. It has been pretty cool. I think I think Ray, you, you said it perfectly right there. I mean, having said that, as a Canadian, um, Andrew can't really partake in it as much in the U.S. because of our status. We're on a, a working visa, so we can't really make income in the U.S. right now. So we don't get the benefits that some of the other kids get. Um, but at the same time, we can do things in Canada. So um, we can do it that sense. So, but awesome. perfectly, you know, it's long overdue. Um, and you can have all the kids in the team. It's not just for the top kids, it's for all the kids to benefit a little bit. You know, these kids that are doing the right thing. They're in the gym every day. They're working hard. You know, um, the game makes a lot of money. Um, there's no reason why I can't partake in that. Yeah, one thing I'm curious is kind of getting back to the experience of being a father, a coach, and the recruiting process. And particularly, like, I'm thinking of the Amani Bates story. We recently talked about it on our podcast and the kind of, like, uh, concern and maybe a conservative nature that kind of comes up when you see all of these people trying to potentially take advantage of the, you know, the special talents that your sons have. Um, and how do you, how did you navigate that process of trying to find, okay, this person has great intentions. This person clearly not good intentions. This is how I need to protect my son from these people, you know, when they're 15, 16 years old um, and they have the potential to make a massive amount of revenue uh, for people and they may not be able to, touch that at all like what was your thought process how did you protect your sons from from those people that were trying to take advantage of them i think this is a really important question that you're asking because if you're waiting until 15 and 16 to parent your kids 
you have a problem. This, this happens a lot sooner. Um, to this day, my boys will ask their mother what's spending money. You know, that's just the way we've, not that they have to, but you know, they're going to ask mom, you know, can I, can I do this? It's okay. Because if you don't do that, it has to happen a lot sooner. You know, we got to be parents first. And if we get lucky to be in a situation, that's great. But regardless, if, if, if Ray's kid or my kid are not doing what they're doing right now, they still got to learn about money and all kinds of things. And they got to ask the proper questions of their parents, people that are in their family, as opposed to strangers. So these are questions that we teach our kids a long time before they get to this point, you know? So um, people for the most part have come to, if they don't come to me first, that's suspect right away. 100%. You know, if you're trying to get around my, me and go to my kid without going to me, that's a big scratch. And me and my sons are very, very close. So at some point in time, I'm gonna find it out. And it's not a good look for that person. So that's how we deal with things. And I think Ray's probably the same way without putting words in his mouth. <laughs> um, but you know, you gotta be a parent first, not when they get to 16 and 17 and now this situation is here. Because if that's the case, that's a serious problem. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would piggyback and you know, I, I'll be colorful, man. I'm an adamant asshole. Like <laughs> the bottom line, like it, it is, I mean, because at, at the end of the day, you know, Claude hit it on that. You got to be a parent. And, and that's the thing. You don't parent through basketball. You don't parent through through the potential. Like, no, you parent. Like, I'm, we're raising good people. Like, it, they, like the, the heck with this ball. And, and again, you, you model for your, your, especially your young men, the, the behavior and the strength. Like, no, this is, this is right. This is wrong. I will stand against and for, obviously, you know, what I throw anybody at any time, any way. Any, this is what it is. We'll do it the right way, you know, and 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 that's what it's going to be. We're going to be family first, um, and and you know we won't be tempted or, or tainted. We won't be tainted by temptation. Every everybody's going to be tempted. That's just the nature of the game. But we won't allow ourselves to be tainted. And again, that comes back to what Claude is speaking about parenting. Like when kids, are, our kids are kids. Like if, if we're anyone to see us around our homes, our kids are our kids. They are young kids. They have kid traits. They they go to their mommies and they, you know, they 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 they're kids. And and if you allow them to grow naturally and you protect that process and, and teach right from wrong and don't be afraid to like this, this is wrong, walk away from it. Period. No matter who, what, we ain't got a line, we can be, and for us, we we had to to learn to stand on our own. You know, we 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 affiliated with with, with some AAU programs, but we're not the AAU kids that that were branded, you know, through a program. So we just had to, we, we, we had to be, again, that, that, that truth in parenting and truth is the truth. Right is right. Believe in it, you know, and, 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 and that's where that true process is. That's the real process. You know, can you can you withstand the storms and believe through it all and stay true? When so for for Claude, um, when Andrew and then later Ryan were on their way up, um, you made the choice to send them to Montverde out in Florida. Um, kind of, in, in, it's an interesting dynamic because in a way they had to be separated kind of from you and, and their mom and kind of start college early and kind of, um, that's a huge sacrifice for a family and, you know, a parent to make. Um, and as a father myself, I can imagine kind of like that wasn't easy 
Um, but you saw their talent, you knew it would be best, like the best choice to help them grow and, and become the players they are now. Can you kind of talk about that experience a little bit? That's a great question. And, um, you know, you have to plan for things. And the, the, there was a plan because they wanted to get to a certain level. And the level is the highest level. And sometimes people are afraid to say that. Um, we weren't afraid to say that. Um, so it, it, it made it a plan in place. And the plan that we saw was a lot of the kids are getting to the next level are going to one of those prep schools. You know, the Oak Hills, the Lalamere's, the Mont Verge of the world. And, and that was the school that we chose for them. I knew people that were there and did a lot of research and didn't come easy. And to your point, yeah, Andrew left here two years early. You know, Ryan was there for three years. Um, you know, we're very close as a family. I coached them all the way up. Um, I missed them terribly. You know, my wife missed them terribly. But that was a path that, that we thought would get them where they want to get to. And to this point, it was the right path because Mount Verde has been very good to us. I mean, it's like a family to us. You know, most people are at our prep school for one or two years. We were there for five years with both kids. So um, and we went through some, some, you know, some tough, tough times down there. Um, but that, those people, they are family to me. They took care of my sons and um, it was a great experience, but it was part of a plan that we had as a family. So was it tough? Yes, but we, were, we went down as much as we could. We saw them as much as we could every day, Facebook, FaceTime. So it, it's worked out. So um, in, in that process, when, when um, you know, when he went to Monverde, he's not the first Zeg out of there, you know, Philip Petrosev, Pavel Zakharov, you know, some, some of the guys over the years. Um, what do you think makes MVA like a special program that attracts such great talent from all across the globe? You know, to be honest with you, Coach Few and Coach Boyle are very similar. And um, it's a very real place. Like practice is full of players that can play. And it's a war there every day. Um, you know, and it, it just gets you ready. It's, it's a true prep school because – when you leave that place, you're ready to play anywhere in the country, like right away. Um, I'm not saying, I don't know if you could have stayed here in Canada and, and then gone from here to a uh, you know, big time program and, and put, got on the floor right away. But when you're playing every day against NBA talent in practice, and then you go to a school, you're used to it. You know, so the preparation is great academically in the classroom, your grades are right. You're ready for the academic piece. Um, you're ready for the strength room um, and you're ready for the court. So, and, and the mindset, you may, you may not, not play right away. And my youngest son didn't play for the first two years a lot, you know, so you had to wait his time. And, you know, Andrew had a bit more earlier success at Montverde, but it gets you ready because every level is the same. You know, other parents, you know, they complain about things at AAU, they complain about things at high school, in the college. It doesn't, get, it doesn't change. You know, you have to, you have to be ready to play. You know, the level that the kids want to get to, no one's giving you their job when you get there. You have to earn that. And there may be times where you maybe don't, don't play the first week or first month or whatever, but you got to persevere. And Montverde gets you ready for that. Real talk. Montverde gets you ready for that. Now, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but there's no better prep school in the country in the U.S. than Montverde because if you can make it there, you can have success at the next level.
Ray, can you talk a little bit, you know, having two kids grow up in uh, VA and you mentioned Kevin Durant, you know, having drills there and, and practices. Can you talk about just the wealth of talent of the Virginia area? I think especially, you know, Gonzaga fans aren't probably familiar with just the the amount of talent there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a hotbed, man, you know, just from Virginia, the DMV area. Um, Norfolk 757, you know, Frank Mason would be the most recent in college, was national player of the year that came to an AAU program. I mean, Dave McCormick at Kansas. I mean, you know, Ross 17 and under team, you know, right now, Oscar Sheway played in Virginia, was on our AAU team. Um, you know, it, it's a, you know, like anywhere, it, it's a pretty good hotbed. And, and so you, you see guys, you know, we had a, a kid, like I said, Tyrese Rice, that played for us and played at Boston College that gave Carolina 40, 40, 46, you, you know. You know, we, so we've been around some some guys that could that could really, really, really do it and, and, and play ball. So it, it, it's been awesome to, to kind of be around some of those guys, a lot of guys that have that played abroad overseas and um and at different levels of the league like eric maynard vcu obviously hit a big shot uh against uh, duke that, that set his career off um you know so and, and within the community guys just who you know guys play guys like to bring younger guys along so it, it's been been really good kind of like what what you know claude and we kind of speak on if you if you have if you our kids aspire and i think claude hit it on the head like because you've seen it happen we were never afraid to say what the goal is, you know, and that, that, that scares people. And because, I mean, we see it, we see guys that can achieve. We know, we know the real stories. We've seen it happen. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, all right, this is what we want. And you were around guys and okay, this is, this is organically how you go get it, you know, and guys help and you work and you know what the roles are because it doesn't change. And, and you got to seek that out. A lot of parents don't want to seek it out. You know, I've always wanted to put Ra in tough situations. The toughest gym, the toughest, you know, take him to D.C., take him to the city, drop him off, figure it out, kid. Figure it out with these guys is not going to throw you the ball and not going to let figure it out. You know, coach the kid that, you know, happened to actually coach two guys that led the nation in, in scoring, Reggie Williams, uh, James Daniels that played at Howard, you know, coach these guys, a Troy Payne that played at Cincinnati. Now guys are just coming back as I'm just talking, but, you see, you see that it can happen, man, and 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 you fight, and you you say, man, let's 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 go. And if you're not afraid to 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 to, to say what your goals are, people will help you and, and allow you to be in some of those situations and get in some of those rooms. And like, hey, man, if you can survive here, you maybe you belong here. Yeah, I think speaking of belonging, uh, Regier obviously belongs at Gonzaga and has been obviously like phenomenal. I think the best. Uh, of his college career has been here last year you know he was on kind of a subpar Iowa State team um, he was obviously the best player on that team uh, he had to take on so much of a responsibility um, that you know his numbers were a little bit lower shooting was 31 percent from three hundred offensive rating you know a lower effective field goal percentage and now he's top 100 in the country in offensive rating uh, effective field goal percentage he's 62nd in the country um he's been just like absolutely phenomenal and fit in perfectly what have you seen that Gonzaga has uh allowed for him to be such an efficient player 
uh, in Gonzaga's offense? You know, that's a uh, that's a that's a I've been asked that question a lot, obviously. And and again, with it's a tough question because with respect, and and I know Ron's feel the same way. You know, the, you play with your teammates or your guys, and and you know would never say anything to knock any teammate and love kids and families. I I, I would just say, you know, in dialing into some of the, the the numbers, like even with with Ra's numbers, if you would look, you know, if the the catch and shoot opportunities he got, he shot at about forty two percent. You know, small segments of numbers that you could could dial into. And I would just say, you know, a, a situation that allowed that to be more prevalent. You know, the offense flows differently when you have different pieces. Um, you know, we play much faster pace, um, so there are much more opportunities. You know, having having multiple decision makers on the floor um, and, and being able to play off of it. Like, you know, it, it, so a lot of those things, you know, going into the fact that I think the biggest thing that I, I, I would say is, you know, he, he got knocked a lot for decision making uh, with assisted turnover ratio just during his career, and he's two to over two to one now. You know, and it, it, the decisions were the same. You just may not get the same opportunities as often. <laughs> if that, you know that. So if you if you get the chance to to make a decision and you can choose A or B, you can choose A or B. But sometimes you don't. You, you know, so I, I I just think that he's been put in situations with. With, with different types of players, different fit. Um, and, and he's played four years of college. Well, this is his fourth year of college. So, you know, coaches had a chance to, to know what he is and not guess and not try to, you know, force him into one thing or another. Um, and, and so I think it was just, again, that great process of, of him being true to who he was. And, and even last year, not, not really going crazy, you know, just, you know, he did kind of what he had to do. Um, and, and trying to stay true to, to being a good basketball player. He saw it and, and put that into this role. It, you know, it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, I mean. Claude's son, Claude's son does not hurt at all. I will say that. I didn't <laughs> do appreciate it so much. <laughs> well, that, yeah, you were saying decision-making, you know, now decision A is a sick lob to Chet, you know, that that, that just – blows up the internet so uh that's 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 how it works it's it's good um uh, so i'm always interested in uh how how high caliber guys like your your sons deal with adversity and you know uh in this gonzaga offense it's you're more prone to look great than than not and i guess claude can you speak to uh you know there was there was a stretch where andrew's three-point shooting wasn't falling and then now he's having some of the best games he's had what was there any moments from that time where like his shots weren't falling to now you know he's posting some of the best offensive performances we've seen from him H how he handled that um first of all i want to say the way the way mr bolton answered that last question was epic I mean, it was just so real. I mean, seriously, real talk. It was just well done. Um, with regards to confidence, my son does not lack confidence. And the work is the work. And he has been putting in the work and the ball will fall. And the ball is not falling. So, you know, he was never worried about that. You know, maybe people in our house may be worried about that. But you would ask him regularly, are you in a gym? Are you getting up to work? Yes, yes, yes. So as long as you hear that, um, you know the person who he is, uh, the ball will fall in. So 
um, you know, basketball is a game where um, you just got to put the work in and the right work and you'll be rewarded for it. I believe Kevin Pango said something along the lines of like shoot or shoot. And that's, that's such a great, it's, it's a very tiny like quote, but it, it speaks volumes about when you put in that work and you're in the gym every single day, like it, it doesn't matter what happens in game. Eventually they're going to fall regardless. Like you just keep going, you keep going. Speaking kind of to that, like adversity that, um, you know, being being involved like with social media and and maybe today more so than a decade ago like parents of players and players have access to to fans a lot closer a lot easier than they used to it has to be kind of a a harrowing experience as as a father um to see that criticism the armchair analysts who think they always know better than coach few or or the players or you all um how do you kind of like how do you handle that? How do you compartmentalize that like aspect of, of sports um, as parents? A wise man told you don't argue with fools, man. So you just don't, just come on. You just, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm a basketball guy. Well, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll indulge and engage and just, you know, it's my son's name. I, I, I will check people. And again, from a, I'm very sharp. I am very direct. I, I, I play no games with my family, nor our name. And I think I give that impression. I hope I do, you know. So when it when that comes, but it, most of the time, man, it's 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 amusing, you know. It, it it becomes amusing, and you get through it. And and for Roz, you know, just real quick piece, he he he's he's changed his, his social media handles a couple times in college. Like he's not one that trips off of that, and you know, if it's too much, you know, shut it off. So what? Don't care about followers or numbers or you know that that piece of it. Not in it for that. And, you know, as a family, you know, we're not in it for that. I, I, I'll just say this last thing. I think Coach Few said one of the greatest lines, you know, on our official visit. We were out at dinner. I um, mean, he was talking about social media. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the kids was mentioning some online. And Coach Few, in, in, in his way, said, you never read the comments. Man, you don't read that shit, man. Come on. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that in his way, that was the wisest thing that he could lend to those young people is you never read the comments. Why would you read the comments? You know, like, and, and we don't, you know, we just, we don't argue with fools and we try not to read too many comments, man. So that, that, that's our two cents from our side. The first thing my professor in journalism school taught me was never read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I won't say anything because I, I, I would quote what he just said because no, this, we don't follow that stuff. Andrew, just, just turn it off. Um, you know, so where he was previously, it got to the point where he just turned it off at times. This nonsense. So he, he's in the gym. We focus on the gym. We know who we we'll, are. We'll do the defending of your sons online. We're on Twitter attacking people that are coming after Andrew and uh, Bridger, So don't worry about it. Josh and I are just the vanguard defending Andrew from uh, <laughs> all of the Twitter trolls. We 100%. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, so kind of speaking a little bit to that, um, at, you know, I, uh, Claude, we talked before a little bit about like when I when I put out that that article is Zagaholic about Andrew. When I watch point guards play, I don't like to the box scores don't always show the whole story. You know, there's a lot of intricacies to to what it takes to drive an offense, to to set everybody up or on the floor. Um, 
there are times when people will dissect the turnovers. They'll talk about, you know, oh, that that he, he should have made that easy shot at the rim or, or whatever. But to me, like one of the things about Andrew that's so interesting is like his ability in the pick and roll is it's as good as any player I've ever seen. Like he he has this like start stop level of play where he can kind of like um, burst by people with a stutter or with, with just a little bit of a movement. Um, what, what do you think kind of helped him become so adept at the pick and roll when he was coming up? Um, Andrew's been really blessed. This is not me, but he's had some really good coaching. Um, Dave Smart, who's a legend in Canada, Carlton University that won every year forever. Um, Nate Mitchell, who's now on the Raptors bench. Um, he had Marvin Spencer as a young boy. Um, he's been around some, some of the best coaches in our country. And Andrew loves the game. And he's a film junkie. Um, it's a blessing for his brother because he's on his film all the time. When Andrew's bored, he watches a Creighton film. You know, so he's just a student of the game. And he takes it very seriously. So um, to your point, and I won't lie to you, I get frustrated sometimes with this stuff because Andrew impacts winning. And winning is all that's important to this family. And he may not be the highest score all the time, but usually his plus minus is quite nice, you know? So um, we're about winning and that's why we're here. So to your point, he's a student of the game. He's been really well coached. He has a very high IQ because he loves the game, you know? And there's no joke to this, man. You have to love this because people that don't really walk to film and get in the gym, they're not going to, they may get their foot in the place that we were trying to get to, but they won't be there very long. You know, we're trying to get there and stay there, you know, so you have to do these things. You know, there's no, there's no, this is not really an option. You have to do this stuff. So I'm very blessed. That I have a young, I have two boys that really love the game and do all this stuff to watch film and watch Chris Paul and watch Lillard and, and watch, you know, Kyrie, you know, watch the guys, Steph Curry, watch the guys that do it the right way and learn from them. Right. So to your question you asked earlier, I think, Coach Walton also would say the same thing. We just pick from everybody's game, pick here and there. And um, the pick and roll is, it's just something that Andrew loves. I would okay. add, Lynette, like Andrew is a tough, tough kid. And to, to play the pick and roll the way he does, I think that is, that is under, like it is not talked about enough. Like he is a tough, big guard that, that knows how to just throw his size around. And I think that, that, you know, on top of all the skill and, and IQ, he's tough. And to go through, you know, like to, to, to whatever anyone perceived from, from, you know, November to now, he, he, nothing changed about him. Like he, that, and that toughness, I think, in that position says it all, man. Like, I mean, it says a whole lot. You know, being around Frank Mason, you know, the, what we would say, the reason he was a national player, he's the toughest SOB in the country, period. Period, point blank. Tough, tough, that little, that he's a tough little, he's tough little somebody, <laughs> like you know. But, but that attribute and your lead guard, come on, man, we 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 can go a whole lot of places, man. I just had to had to throw those kudos in and, and, and give them a few more flowers on that for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean, guys? It, it's part of the reason why our kids have had success because we're very humble. I don't know coach that well, but I'm getting to know him, and we're very humble in this. Don't don't let that fool you for that we're dogs in this. Like you have you're gonna come across and be like your parents. 
and rate, coaching myself, that's who we were as parents. Like I was that guy. I miss AAU because you could be crazy in AAU. And I, and I, and I miss that. I miss that. COVID robbed me of my last year, my young boy, because that team would have been, we could have challenged for EYBL. We had Caleb Houston. We had Jaden, um, Charles Bediaco. We probably would have had Shaden Sharp. You know, that, that was a nice little team that we didn't get a chance to play. So, and I kind of got robbed of that. So I like, I, I miss AAU because AAU can be a bit crazy. And, um, <laughs> You know, my kids are not, don't come across as that, but trust me, it's there. That The level of talent, like the, you just name like four or five players that are probably, I mean, who are talked about the most in college basketball this year, Bediaco at Alabama and, and Sharp at Kentucky. And, you know, like, that's just, that's nuts to like, think about the level of talent coming through that program. I saw recently that you were uh, promoted or well I don't know about promoted but just you kind of accepted the role of executive director at Ontario basketball can you speak to kind of like what that experience has been like you know I, I never worked so hard in my life the past year in this position um but I won't you know God is good because I won't lie to you it taken me 30 years to find my dream job right like basically um I'm a big part of basketball in the, in the province of Ontario which is um, one of the biggest, probably the biggest basketball province in, in the country. And um, we get to do all kinds of development from grassroots all the way up to elite level and diversity, equity, inclusion. It's just, it's a phenomenal space to be in. Um, but they knew as I took this job that I would still have a need to go see my boys play. So COVID unfortunately has allowed, you can work from, you know, work from, I can work from Spokane. I can work from Omaha, you know, so um, but it's been a, it's been a great transition to that role, and uh, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, big things to come in the province of Ontario, and um, very exciting times for me and my family. Because my wife said yes to me yes, yes a couple of days ago, she was very proud of me. So it doesn't happen very often coming out hearing that from her, but you know she knows that I'm in a space that I love. So yeah, very very. It's been a busy year, um, but it's been a very it's been a blessing to be honest. Because you know what. You don't get a chance always, and you guys are all a young crew here, you know. If you can find something that you love to do and get paid for it, man, doesn't get any better than that. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to speak to uh, that that concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I, I, I've noticed something so special about this Gonzaga team this year is there's so many kids that are being vocal about the things they care about, um, whether it's uh, Rashir's work, uh, Chet speaking up about injustices going on in the Midwest, uh, Nolan's Give Back Foundation. Um, can you guys speak to raising kids to to be a fully formed uh considering of social and personal equity as well as just on the court. How, how did, how did you raise your kids to, to value those things? Can I would say one thing before we go into that. I mean, part of what you just said, is not by accident. That's coach Travis and their Monday morning things they do. That's, that's the culture of Gonzaga, right? That's, that's, that's not by accident. They're, they're asking the kids to speak on what they want to talk about. And that's part of the success of this team. As much as the basketball is great, this is a massive part of it, the culture piece. What they do on Mondays down there, it's just phenomenal stuff. So um, to answer your question properly now is that comes from me. Like my, my kids will give back because I give back and they know I love doing that stuff and they love doing that stuff. So whenever I do a camp or an event or some kind of thing, they're going to be brought back into that because that's the way we do things here. You have to give back. You know, and then I think in a lot of spaces, and this is a longer conversation, 
there's a lot of people, women and girls, um, black, people of color, indigenous, disabled, newcomers to the country, low income, you know, they need sustainable programming, you know, so they can get opportunities to, to play basketball or open doors and you know, not everyone's going to be able to get to the next level. So we got to create opportunities, jobs where they can pay their bills through doing basketball, you know? Um, so it's a love of mine. It's a massive passion of mine. And, you know, part of my job now is to find money to do those things. Um, because a lot of the people I just mentioned can't afford those programs. So I got to find money and, and it, there's a lot of money available to help people do these things. It's good to knock on the door. So, um, so I think the question you're asking is because I do these things and love doing these things, my kids give back. I want to give back. Right. So that's the same thing for Razier. You know, yeah, no, I would agree. Just I would briefly just say, just intentional, like what Claude said at Gonzaga. That it's, it's an intentional program. It's an it's an intentional parenting. And again, um, just you want your kid to be whole. You know, you want your your your, cat, your child to become the, the the biggest, to become the, the the most successful professional human being possible. That's what I you know I kind of tell my kids. I'm raising professional human beings. Go be the best. Um, at everything. And, and, and so awareness is a part of that. And, 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 you know, being, being, you know, obviously our story is a little different where that comes to the forefront and you, you, you are put in situations where you, you know, you, you, it, it may be a little more real to you and, and learning how to handle those things and going through those processes the right way. And, you know, and, and having a lot of faith, um, in it because the unknown is, is, you know, there are a lot of different ways things could go. There's a lot of different, um, this is, it's, it's a crazy world, you know, blackballing is real. So, you know, you just, you just, you just create the, the environment and the strength with, with as much intention and you try to direct your kid or, or teach your kid to understand those types of, of things and then recognize that. And, and I think more so than anything, raw, kind of saw that in, in Gonzaga and few in the program and the guys more than anything, because he's seen a little bit. Um, so you, you learn what to look for what you know, signs. And um, I think the intention is what brought him in is that it, it is real. It is a true cultivation of, of in family in an intentional way, not just in a sing song promotional way, because most of this shit is promotion. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it's a little different here. Excuse my French. <laughs> you're all good uh the one question i want to ask you talk about gonzaga's culture uh the work that they do on mondays is there one thing that each of you have seen that's impacted or changed your son in one way from those that culture and from those mondays i don't know if there's one thing in particular um guys i just know that that brings a team together and that's part of the sharing of the ball you know making the extra pass the right pass there's no there's no animosity in that team amongst scoring and whatnot. I mean, you know, Razier and Andrew are about their business because they want to win, you know, and, and that's created when you have proper Monday meetings, when you have, you know, the team bonding, it's for that reason. It's for team bonding. So, you know, if you, if you are, I, I don't mean to swear, I'm going to say this out loud, but if you're an asshole at Gonzaga, you're going to be sick, stick like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna you're not gonna last there. Coach Shoe's not gonna allow you to be there, and the guys are gonna step up and deal with you without anyone telling them to deal with you. So that's the success of this team. You know, the Mondays, that's a big part of it. Forget the basketball, that's a big part of it. 
you know, and, and allowing someone like Razier to, to speak on what he wants to do and grow, you know, because maybe he wants to do a charitable thing down the road, you know, and, and, and you know, you get some, some, some older heads in that building that can help him see, well, there's an opportunity to do that. And that's part of the growing. You know, when we send our kids to these schools, we're not there, you know, so we need the adults to, to teach them. And Canada lets me basketball, life lessons. And these are things, you know, maybe I like this too. I like basketball, but I, I like this too. You know, we want well-rounded young men. Ray made that point earlier, you know. You know, and we can't do everything as parents. We need the coaching staff, people that recruit our kids to, to help us do those things. So when they come back after year one, year two, year three, or year four, they're better human beings. Because my kids tell me all the time how they're grown men already. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I think I think you really see that man, like in in the way the guys interact, and in the way that that they mesh on the floor, like for all the questions and and positions and guys, like they because of because they are really tight, they know each other. Um, I think that those things and and the culture allows guys to be leaders. It allows uh, uh, Andrew to lead and and, and Rajir to lead from coming in from experiences and for young guys to take those experiences and the trust that your leaders lead in the right ways. Um, and I think that is a huge part of it. And if you really watch them on the floor, interact and talk and communicate and listen and respond to each other, what I think is the big thing, they actually respond to each other, um, which if you look in college basketball, well, in general, that's not something you see. You know, guys, will, you, they'll talk, but they'll get that, mm, yeah, all right, you know, I heard, I heard you, but I'm about to shoot the shot, man. Like, I ain't, you know, I'm, I'm going to get these next three off. Um, and we don't really have that. You know, they like, like Claude said it. Right. These guys love playing together, man. Like it's about the business. Period. Point blank. The big goal is the only goal. One one question I was asked uh, recently, and you know, I don't know the answer to these because, um, it's for one, everybody's focused on this season right now. Every game, you know, day by day. But um, big picture, like for Regier, for instance, like. Some people have said, oh, he's got two years of eligibility left or whatever. Is he going to be back next year? I don't know if I want to necessarily have you answer that question outright, but, um, it, you know, kind of can you speak to the mindset of like where he's at? Like, is he looking at potentially going pro soon or or is this something where he just wants to take his time, you know, go through the process and be as uh, in the moment as possible? To be well, clear, though, if you want to break – that he's coming back, feel free. We'd love for that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like Claude said, we, we've never been, you know, ashamed to say what the goal is. You know, at the same, to the same point, we've never been afraid to run our own race. Uh, you know, we, we've done things, and, and like Claude, it's a plan, man. You, you plan for him to graduate with his bachelor's in three years and have a chance to play. That wasn't by accident. You know, you had you got a plan in high school. You had to plan a long time ago, actually eighth grade, going to high school, and and and, and so with that we said, you know, we he's going to plan to explore opportunities as every kid should, and 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 again with that being said, have options, and and again the staff is, is really great. You know, conversations about about opportunities, and they care. Um, no different than than coming into the situation, we expect transparency and honesty, and and help with making the decision. But to the main point, it is about living in the moment and it is about right now. It is about doing something that he's never done um, and experiencing. And that really is all that matters. And, and you know, when that time comes and the, 
the last second goes, he'll take some time and, and think about that as every kid should. But hopefully that'll be a little bit after we, we celebrate New Orleans for, for a day or so. And, you know, we can figure that out there next week. But, um, you know, again, man, it, it is it – would it be awful if the worst thing that happens if we come back to Gonzaga and win another national championship – and hey I don't think that would hurt too bad, man. So sounds pretty um, good to me. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. But we're enjoying it right now, man. It, it it is about you know the next game being the most important game and doing that till that first Monday in April. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't want to speak for Andrew on this. You know, you're talking to his dad about you know that's that's an, that's his decision to do what he got to do. Um, I'm not going to speak for him, but I'll tell you this: he's he's ready for the next step in his life. Thank you so much to Claude and Ray for joining us, uh, talking about Gonzaga basketball, the, your two special kids, and and what they're doing to become the fully grown men and uh, great people that they are. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.